My name is James Kademan, entrepreneur, author, speaker, and helpful coach to small business owners across the country. And today we are welcoming slash preparing to learn from Jeannie Kolker, the owner, founder, uh, super awesome person, I suppose, <laughs> at Insight Counseling and Wellness. And today we're talking specifically to Jeannie about business as well as all the changes that have happened in her industry over the course of that crazy pandemic. So mm-hmm. Jeannie, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing pretty well. Thanks, James. And thanks for having me. Um, It's, yeah, it's, it's great to talk about this stuff. Any, anytime I can have a platform to talk about and to normalize mental health care, (laughs) I am all over it. Nice. So let's start insight counseling and wellness. um, Let's say January, 2020, just to give people a foundation. Mm. How many therapists did you have? Uh, That's a great question. Uh (laughs) Just ballpark. Uh, yeah. So I would say we were probably in the teens at that point, probably had okay. somewhere in the, in the 12 to 15 range. Okay. Yes. And now today we're talking January 23. Yes. A lot more. So in the twenties for sure. So our business is kind of unique in the mental health clinic world mm-hmm. that we have a couple different, um, kind of parts of our business. We have our mental health therapists. We also have case managers who uh, work for a, prog- a county program. And then we also have uh, more of a holistic like wellness side with yoga therapists and body centered folks. So as a, you know, as a whole insight has grown from 2020 probably, and I didn't even look this up, but it's probably, it was probably maxed at 20 people. And now we're double that. So we've, we wow. have, du- we have doubled in the last couple of years over the course of a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And was mm-hmm. that the trajectory that you were on? Let's say 2018 <laughs> to 2020. No, I had no idea that this was going to happen. Um, All right. I had, I'd started insight just me just trying sure. to figure it out in a couple other therapists that I coaxed along and <laughs> into <laughs> and um you know brought them on because it's a really hard thing to do on your own to just oh, I bet to to provide mental health care is a very challenging fatiguing mm-hmm. high burnout field and then to try to do it yourself and figure it out just out of out of my master's program yeah um, I needed help so had a few people and and there was probably five of us, a group of five that really started it. Okay. And just in one room, just trying to figure it out. And this was in the days when if you're going to do therapy, you had to have a room. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> back <laughs> in the a, day. Yeah. Back in the day, actually had to have real estate for All people. Right. So we were sharing and then we, you know, we'd add a room the next year. We'd, you know, expand our lease the next year, that sort of stuff. And you know, when the pandemic hit, we were planning a new building to move into. And there, at that point, there was only so many people that I could hire that we could have providing services because we needed to have a room where, with a door that would close where you could do psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. And so we had planned this, this new building that we were working with a, um, a landlord and an architect on. And, you know, it, it had a, there was a threshold. We could only have so many people because there's only sure. so many rooms with doors, you know, in a, in a clinic. And then January, 2020, February, March, you know, the world changed. A little and bit. 
Yeah, a little bit. And so, you know, one of the only bright sides is that there is there's less need now for all those rooms with doors. All right. To do therapy. Not because the volume of clients is going down, but because telehealth is now a thing. Yes. Yes. So if we, if we get in our time machine and go back to March, 2020, I have a lot of emails that (laughs) I can go back and read and get re-triggered, but it was very uncertain. You know, telehealth Mm -hmm. had existed, telemedicine doctors had been doing this, but it was definitely the exception rather than the rule. Mm -hmm. And insurance companies were not forthcoming about what they would pay, whether they would pay for it, if they would cover it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we're looking, you know, we, we take Medicaid, we're a DHS um, certified clinic through the, you know, state government. Um, We get Medicaid money from the federal, the state, the county level, you know how it is to, Mm -hmm. to try to to figure out what government's going to do next. Um, right. So it was just like, <laughs> Even a, they don't know. No, they didn't. And it was just a lot of pivoting. Like, can we do this? You know, obviously our, our clients come first. So, you know, for that first, those first couple of weeks, when I was telling people to stay home, you know, triage, see if, do you need to call your clients? Do you need to do phone sessions? We might not get paid for them. Who cares? Make sure everybody's okay. All right. You know, so we'll solve the that, problem. Yes, exactly. Like, make sure they know we're still here for them. We're we're going through this too. Um, but it's so interesting, the timing, like the universe was really on our side with this All because right. in, in January of 2020, we finally modernized and moved to electronic health records. Before that, we were just pen and paper. We just had our January medical- of 2020. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was I lucky. <laughs> it was lucky. And so we, we moved everybody into electronic health records, did all the training and, and my staff was amazing and learning and teaching and how to do that. And we got everybody on board in February. So we had, we we're big learning curve. We're just figuring this out. And then all of a sudden we have to learn how to do telehealth too. Wow. Not knowing if we're going to get paid, not knowing how to do it. But again, you know, we have to think about what do our, what do our clients need? Mm-hmm. So we figured it out. You know, it was a really, it was a, it was an interesting transition to go from in-person to telehealth. Oh, I bet. I bet. Just, uh, you know, it's interesting. I guess there's a million different facets, right? But there's the technological, what do we use as software or platform for telehealth? Mm-hmm. There's also the, Hey, I can see you from the neck up now where before I used to see your whole body language. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the small talk, instead of, hey, how's your day going? It's like, oh, is your mic on? There's a whole, <laughs> yeah, right. like the other, the user, or the, I guess the client, mm-hmm. you have to make sure that they're, that they have equipment, mm-hmm. laptop, tablet, phone, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I imagine you have to make sure, I don't know if you ever had to deal with black screens instead of just like, oh, hey, absolutely. On. Yep. So yeah. There's all that on top of just the, the challenge of helping people in general. Yes. And and before that. Right. And we are, like I said, high burnout field. It's a really challenging work environment when we're in person, but we were going through the, you know, the fear of the pandemic too. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're an anxious bunch. (laughs) (laughs) We we therapists, we really are, you know, and it was a scary time. So we're trying to manage our own experience Mm -hmm. while also, you know, cause what, what am I going to say? Oh, it's going to be okay. Well, you never say that first of all, cause <laughs> you, you never know if it's going to be okay. Sure. D- did not feel like it was going to be okay in March, 2020. No, no. It felt like mm-hmm. the world was ending. Yeah, it did. Or it at did. least, yeah. Upending, I guess. Mm-hmm. So yeah. let's start with the, 
technical side, the software sure. platform, whatever. Mm -hmm. Did you just say, hey, we're jumping on Zoom just like half the world did? Or was there a specific therapist? I don't know if HIPAA yes. got involved or anything like that. Yes. Well, of course, HIPAA has to get involved. I okay. mean, this is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's a little bit in the weeds, but I can I can tell you more about it. So we we switched to this electronic health records, mm -hmm. which is just a web based. It's called Simple Practice. It's a lot of therapists use it. It's it's made for mental health clinics and okay. um, it's where we keep all of our records. It's HIPAA compliant and it has a telehealth feature, you know, oh, we does. just had to like, Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. But we Holy lucky. I know we hadn't activated it. Cause I was like 10 bucks a month. Why would I do that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then I was suddenly I'm like, you know, activate, activate. So sure. we, we had to learn how to do it. Um, but then we also, I also had to get zoom for a lot of my staff too. Like I said, the case management, they don't use electronic health records because they're yeah. not providing psychotherapy, but they had to meet with their clients. They had to do meetings with their clients and providers. So yes, I'm trying to get zoom, trying to get customer service from zoom at that point was, Oh, it didn't um, exist. It was a real challenge. Yeah, yeah. I got, I remember an email I got back from a customer service rep and, and they were like, I'm not sure if you're aware, but we're in the middle of a global pandemic. So wait times are a lot longer. I was like, oh, I'm not oh, there are months. aware. <laughs> well, I wasn't aware of that. And it wasn't that I needed the only <laughs> thing I, yeah, right. The only thing I needed was um, the business associate agreement to make sure that it was HIPAA compliant. That's, I just kept hammering that out to make sure I had that because I was not going to risk our status with mm -hmm. Medicaid um, by using something that was not HIPAA compliant. So mm -hmm. had to get all that stuff in place. You know, it's like with owning a business, you have to learn an entirely new thing. I don't know, every few months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. It, Zoom was yeah. interesting that time because I feel like it was just this kind of seat of the pants company with the ping pong tables and and whatever junk like that and all of a sudden they mm -hmm. actually had to work and they're just mm -hmm. like whoa whoa we customers for this yeah. <laughs> we didn't expect customers yeah like, no ping pong get to work right and it's you know look at us we're, we're on zoom right now we're still using zoom yeah here we are uh, you know i Love still have hate. 40 licenses for zoom you yeah. know and on top of you know having the, the electronic health records telehealth just because we you know this is how we communicate now there's mm -hmm. a much bigger movement now to be in person a lot of people are really craving that oh so my gosh a thousand times over mm -hmm. yeah but some people got really used to telehealth i bet i bet there's i imagine there's a convenience to it Mm -hmm. And I don't, this is pure speculation. So you told tell me if I'm totally wrong, mm -hmm. but I would imagine there are some people that feel safer mm -hmm. from a telehealth uh, therapist. Absolutely. Therapy. Absolutely. Like you and I, James, right now I'm sitting in my house with a cat on my lap. This, right. is, this is very regulating for me. All right. You know, if I, yeah. we're not, hopefully we don't talk about my trauma today, but if we were <laughs> digging into some stuff, this would be very regulating for me. I'd feel really safe and protected here. All right. And that, that has been the experience for a lot of people. All right. It yeah. also seems to me like it would numb, numb is the wrong word. It would um, regulate some of the communication. Mm -hmm. I think of being at a live concert versus watching a concert on TV. Mm -hmm. like once it watching on tv is kind of cool kind of mm -hmm. but being at a concert is way cooler right and for some people they need that interpersonal connection mm -hmm. they need to be in in person i mean we have a couple therapists at insight who i'd say 75 percent of their folks come in person because oh, well. okay 
they just feel more connected that there's more of a therapeutic alliance that Mm -hmm. they can be more vulnerable in that space because think about what what the home life can be and this was a big challenge at the beginning Mm. of the pandemic because not everybody has a safe place with a sweet cat on their lap sure (laughs) you know i mean all right so coming to therapy is an escape almost it is or you know maybe it's not safe if there was an environment where there was domestic violence there could be um, an inability to to talk honestly to even to to even be in therapy sure hey abusive spouse settle down in therapy exactly goes so well no and so that was a really scary part of the pandemic mm-hmm. but also you know on the lighter side it was everyone was stuck home with their kids so they'd get interrupted every three minutes mm-hmm. dogs are barking in the background you know maybe people i did i did so many sessions with people in their cars just sitting in their driveway trying to get some privacy oh because that, that was what they had for a safe place or a right private yeah. quiet space Yes, obviously they were not driving around, they were parked, right. <laughs> but right. that, yeah, bundled up in the winter, like doing, I've done lots of those sessions because that's where people could get privacy. So it's, there's it's just so much to consider when you think yeah. about telehealth. Was there ever a technical challenge with people that just weren't, yep. I mean, I just imagine like my dad, who's a older gentleman, mm-hmm. um, when we meet on Zoom with him, that's every time it's an event right every time you're, up, you're on mute <laughs> Just why can't link. i hear you <laughs> click the link <laughs> it's every time right. well so and- i can imagine uh if there's some anxiety because they're going to therapy or yeah. whatever and the one roadblock is whatever technical mm-hmm. challenge that they have whether it's self-inflicted or not True. And so there's those, there's those more like funny anecdotes around that, but then there's also an issue of access too. Mm -hmm. not everybody has a smartphone, not everybody who we treat um, is able to, you know, download the, the forms, the consent forms, sign them and send them back because they don't have Mm -hmm. a laptop, you know, so there's, we had to really work to overcome barriers to access for some of our people. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And was that something like you had to hire someone on or did you have somebody on your staff that just figured it out or how did you work we, that? Yeah, it's, well, we were all pretty much in charge of our own caseload. So we okay. would, you know, look at and see, you know, we'd be able to communicate. We always, well, we have a, an answering service that, that can do some calling for us. Mm-hmm. We, we have a lot of, you know, we email a lot with our clients and just communicate that way and make sure that we're able to meet them where they are. And, you know, sometimes phone sessions were the the way that we we reached people and that was something that Medicaid had to approve. And that was another big, you know, issue is, you know, typically phone sessions were not approved until the pandemic. So there was like a temporary waiver and variance and all sorts (laughs) of fun stuff that I got to learn about. Um, But it's in the, in this time since then, I do think access to to psychotherapy has definitely improved. All right. Well, that's good. That's very good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the timeline from the time that the government whichever government i guess said hey funny story no more in-person stuff to the time that medicaid as an example said Mm -hmm. hey this is the way around that it was probably two three weeks to a month um where we were yeah where we were like i was calling all my therapist friends because you know networking you have a lot Mm -hmm. of people in your network and Mm -hmm. you know we'd share like here's an email you can send to uh, the governor to your alder person to, you know, and so we were really advocating to make sure that telehealth was 
um, approved and included. And it did end up that we, that it was kind of, um, that we were able to go back and bill for those sessions where we weren't sure we didn't know All if right. we would be able to, yeah. um, but it was, there was a few weeks of just real uncertainty there. All like right. I did, I just, yeah, I didn't know if the business was gonna, it, 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 who knew we didn't know. We didn't know. We didn't no. know. Mm-mm. I can definitely remember talking to a few of our clients off the ledge mm-hmm. uh, when they, and in the end, I guess I felt, I don't know. It's interesting because it was very interesting to see how different uh, people reacted very differently to the same information or just like, Hey, this is mm-hmm. what's happening. How do you react? Like, like it's a whole, it's not the facts. It's your reaction to the facts. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people are just like board the doors and other <laughs> people are like, ain't no thing. This will this will be done tomorrow. Yeah. And figuring out like uh, just different entrepreneurs, how they were treating their business, how different people treated their employees, good or bad. How um, I guess the people, I guess talking about leaders and followers, seeing who was mm-hmm. uh, doing what they could to take charge of their little part of the world mm-hmm. and lead their crew and others are just uh, what I would consider cowering in fear i guess mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe maybe it wasn't even fear cowering in uncertainty sure i think where they're just like i'm just gonna be in the fetal position in the corner and wait till somebody tells me it's safe to come out right i mean i can understand that reaction totally and it is you know it's a life threat first of mm-hmm. all and then it's it's your livelihood you know so yeah. it, it can just kind of get you in that frozen state of you know okay now i guess it's all over maybe it's all over <laughs> you know it. well and you know you've had me on before and and i talked about how our offices caught fire in 2018 yeah. so we had this big like fire event when telehealth didn't exist and i thought well this, this is it i don't know how we're gonna do you know all right well we had a good run sure a couple of years right and mm-hmm. then we just, we just like got back kind of got our our groove back you know in 2019 i was feeling so good and then the <laughs> pandemic hit and i was like are you kidding me you know, this is, you really have to believe in the mission and, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'd love to say, well, just, you know, trust the universe. No, you had to really, really make some quick decisions and be really thoughtful and, right. you know, try I didn't have a crystal ball, but I had to kind of pretend that I did. Fortune <laughs> and, favors the bold, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. You're the cowards. Right? No, no. And that's one of the things that another, you know, we, ended up hiring a lot of people because I no longer needed to buy them an, o- an office chair, like in a couch and all that stuff. Cause. Oh, so the financial investment of a, of a, I want to say tech. Of a therapist. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. That's my old world. Sure. Uh, a therapist wasn't as extreme as it was uh, when they were remote. Well, I wasn't as worried about finding a place for them. I mean, of course right. I'm still, I'm still paying rent on all my offices throughout this whole thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, none of our expenses that, you know, the only thing is I didn't pay it. I didn't buy as much toilet paper or you sure, know, yeah. snacks and water for right. people. Right. So there's a, a few good things, yeah. but I made sure people had the technology they needed, you know, mm-hmm. who needs, who needs AirPods, who needs a webcam, you know, we took care of all that stuff, but really you know people could stay home and see clients and i remember the webcam shortage i just remembered that (laughs) when i was having to send webcams to to agents Mm -hmm. and i was like 80 dollars for a webcam there was 20 Mm -hmm. a month ago i know and do you (laughs) you remember like like how how much it cost to just buy like 
wipes, you know, like yeah. Clorox wipes too. Mm-hmm. I could not get my hands on them. I think I paid 200 bucks once for like two containers of wipes. Oh my gosh. Because I still oh, had, you know, I still had somebody coming into the office to do yeah. some work and, you know, it was, boy, that was a, a wild time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I know. funny. You mentioned the word triggers like, ah, yeah, absolutely. Forget about that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you got the, the people, the therapists, all that kind of stuff, remote figured out everything's hunky dory. You got clients, I guess, did you end up losing any clients just out of either fear or they didn't know what to do or anything like that? Very few. I mean, there okay. were a couple of people who said, I, I'll wait till we can be back in person. All right. And like, I, you know, it was a couple of years. So, yeah. uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they ever came back, honestly. Sure. Um, but no, I mean, we, we, we definitely saw an uptick in people seeking services. All right. So tell me about that. Mm-hmm. Cause that is still one of those things that um, uh, I can understand to a point, but I still have a, I have a hard time wrapping my head around it. Around the need for a therapist. Around, around the uptick. Cause it was oh. like, oh yes like psycho uptick mm-hmm. yes well, i guess maybe that's the wrong word to use okay. <laughs> i was about to call you out but you did it yourself Jeez, james come on well <laughs> sensitivity here. yes yeah i mean honestly it normalized anxiety depression mood disorders mm-hmm. and we were all experiencing this uh unseen threat mm-hmm. so our nervous systems were all on high alert mm-hmm. We couldn't see what was happening. We did not feel cared for by our government. I can hope I can speak for other people. Uh, It was chaos, right? So it felt, it really did feel kind of apocalyptic uh, in my mind. And so, okay. So now we're anxious about this. We're depressed. We're at home. What do we do to cope? Well, we start drinking, using drugs, coping with food, video games. So like we turn to our soothing things, which can also be addictive and uh, damaging things. Right. Make it worse. And yep. Makes it worse. And then our relationships suffer. We're stuck at home with our kids, our family, maybe then things start to, uh, you know, things that we've been able to kind of just limp along and get by suddenly are in, you know, the volume has turned way up Mm -hmm. on some of the dysfunction that's happening in our, in our lives. So I think that had a lot to do with the uptick. And then there was just a lot more talk about mental health. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that, and again, maybe it's just because of who I, you know, follow on Instagram and and that sort of stuff that I see people talking about it a lot more that normalized it. And, Mm. you know, more people were willing to reach out. Before was it, kind of taboo or what do you mean normalized well there's still a mental health stigma unfortunately it's okay. much i think it's much better than it was in like 2018 2019 because mm-hmm. we have gone through this thing you know we witnessed uh, collective trauma we saw what it looked like with you know on tv luckily it was just on tv i you know you saw bodies stacked up in refrigerated trucks because the morgues could not hold them because of the COVID pandemic. So, so we saw that on TV, that's vicarious trauma that we're experiencing Mm -hmm. while we're still experiencing that threat before we had vaccines. And then you consider the folks on the front lines. So nurses, doctors, EMTs, police officers, 
restaurant workers, grocery store workers, you know, who were constantly um, in that space of, of potentially getting sick. And then those, you know, in the, in the hospitals and clinics who were actually, you know, having to, to watch people die without their family around and, mm-hmm. um, you know, folks in nursing homes and assisted living with their families locked out, they couldn't see them, you know, for a year. I mean, the, the trauma is, is truly, you know, immeasurable what we went mm-hmm. through. And it's, I think that we're, it'll be so interesting to see studies in the next few years on what this did to us as a, as a oh, society. The follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. interesting. You mentioned the, the hospital thing. My dad during that time had a stroke mm. and so he's in the hospital and he can only have one visitor a day. Mm. And my sister was essentially taking care of him. Mm-hmm. So she's in the hospital. So we drive up, we can't be in the hospital. So we go, he's on the first floor uh, room. So we go and find his window and we're talking on the phone with him on speakerphone. Mm-hmm. And the hospital has some little guard come out and be like, you can't be here. <laughs> oh, like, no. Well, you won't let us be inside. Right. <laughs> so um, we're going to hang out, right? Call yep. who you got to. Yeah. Feel free to call. Us. We're not yes, be call the police long. on us for yeah. real. But it's one of those like, really, dude, this is this is your big problem. Mm. So it was interesting. That had to be hard. Yeah, it was just an interesting like, this is dumb. This mm-hmm. is so dumb because there wasn't uh, an alternative that no. that hospitals or clinics put in place mm-hmm. to say like, hey, you can't be in person with this person that's having a rough time in the hospital. Instead of that, you can do X. Hanging out right. outside the window clearly was not an option. <laughs> Which is <laughs> so strange because I know a lot of places did allow that. Maybe I don't know, hospitals may have had different Who knows, protocols. whatever. It was the mall mm-hmm. cop that I had to deal with. So whatever. <laughs> I'm sure he's got problems of his own. So yes, just, uh, I'm yeah, sure he does. Yeah. Mm. It was just an interesting thing. Cause I can only imagine uh, like that was a, a short lived stint that my dad was in the hospital, but I can imagine it, you know, you got a wife giving birth or something like that or other things that are mm-hmm. what I would consider to be higher level where it would normally be like, yeah, I got to be by their side mm-hmm. and someone to tell you that you can't. It's got to be very challenging to accept, mm-hmm. extremely yeah. challenging to accept. Yes, yes, and that's you know we saw a big uptick in in need for mm-hmm. services, and I've heard that story, you know, times ten, like with in much with much higher stakes. But yeah, and I imagine. Yep. So then that's a that's a trauma that mm-hmm. you know people need to work through. I mean, if you just shove that down going to find a way out at some point you know sure. the, the the pain of what we what we went through and of mm-hmm. course it was very individual but also you know there was something too about like you know well we're we're all experiencing this so again that's another way that it's like well this is you know it's normal to feel pain depression anxiety and it's also a good thing to talk about that with somebody mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting because even on the podcast I remember, I don't know, let's call it July, maybe August 22, where I'm like, don't say pandemic, don't mention COVID, don't mention any of that. Mm-hmm. It's in the past, move on with your life. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to do that oh, because yes. it altered business along with people in mm-hmm. such a way that you, 
you kind of couldn't not talk about it. But it's one of those like, ah, I don't want to like, don't say the word pivot. Just <laughs> <laughs> move, that, tap that dance should, around that. Right. right. That was the word of 2020, right? It should have oh been God. like, yeah, pivoting. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. yeah. And we're still, I mean, we're still dealing with it. You know, that's a thing that we talk about all the time is, you know, we went through the whole vaccine thing too. Like, do mm-hmm. we, you know, our, our, our employees are all expected to be vaccinated, but is that something now that we continue to, is that the line that we hold? What does fully vaccinated mean? Do mm-hmm. we, uh, you know, we do groups, we have yoga classes. Do we let people in there who, mm. um, are unvaccinated? Like, how do we, we're still, we're still talking about how to manage that. Still. Mm-hmm. All right. Cause I mm-hmm. imagine there's people on both sides mm-hmm. with a vaccine or no vaccine or yep. mm-hmm. I don't, six feet or whatever. I don't know. Right. Mask, not mask, all this yeah. I don't know insert yeah. challenge here <laughs> exactly and the guide the guidelines haven't exactly been crystal clear as you know right so i don't know if they so ever then, were <laughs> no no and that's where you and i as business owners then have to make you know difficult decisions about mm-hmm. that and and ultimately it's about protecting the greater good for us because we are a mental health clinic and we serve vulnerable populations we are uh for our groups and yoga classes uh vaccines are required mm-hmm. um, so it's you know that's something that we went back and forth on, um, because, you know, we have to think about also not denying services to people too. So oh. again, again, that's where telehealth can come in, you know? Sure. So we, is that where you offer vaccinated yoga and non-vaccinated yoga? Well, we now our yoga studio is, if you want to come to class, it is vax only. Um, And we're, we're still holding to that. Um, but you know, we do one-on-one with people, you know, the, if, maybe group isn't accessible to, to somebody who is not vaccinated. We don't mm-hmm. deny them services. Okay. You know, we continue to serve just maybe by a telehealth or individually. Sure. But then again, you know, I've got a staff of 38, some people and, you know, sometimes they say, I don't want to be in a room with somebody who's not vaccinated or not masked. And then I All have right. to have that, you know, I have to have that conversation as an employer because you want to make sure that people are feeling that their health is being protected. Do you also... I guess speaking of employees, right? I mentioned just like clients, you have employees that are going to fit somewhere on that spectrum, mm-hmm. whether they're like mask, no mask, vaccine, no vaccine, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, in person versus tele, I'm only remote or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I imagine you had adapt to some of that or. Oh, for uh, sure. Say adapt I mean... over cater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, good word choice. Yes. Good word choice. Um, Yes, we do. And it is very, it is very individual. Of course, you know, we, you know, when the vaccines were, were offered, you know, we, we scrambled to get them, you know, of course we, because we really wanted to, to make sure that we were protected for ourselves, of course, but also for our clients, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and there's so much, you know, so much unknown and misunderstanding and misinformation, you know, I don't have to tell you about any of this, um, that it, it is one of those things where it's so hard to just have like a, here's a hard and fast policy. Here's what we're doing Mm -hmm. because there's so many shades of gray so often. So we do, you know, work with people individually. Uh, We, we give our staff a lot of attention, I feel, and and make sure that they are feeling like it's a, a safe and good work environment. Sure. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, I guess, just speaking of work environments uh, broadly, mm-hmm. when people come to your, I guess, clients, and I don't know if you necessarily know this or not, since you have so many therapists, 
or but maybe it's an industry thing. When people come and they're like, hey, I have some challenges that I'm dealing with. Recently, over the past few years with pandemic and stuff like that, how much or what percentage, I guess, from your perception would be considered directly pandemic versus work during the pandemic related? Because mm-hmm. I see a lot of places like even Disney, Disney's like, hey, come on oh, back. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Apple, come on back. Google, Facebook, Twitter. They're all like, hey, come on back. Mm-hmm. Um, we have ping pong tables or Mickey, <laughs> whatever it is they're after. <laughs> all right. I mean, there's a reason that they're saying, come on back. And I imagine it has to do with productivity because mm-hmm. they don't want to buy more toilet paper than they need to, I suppose. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or, or disinfecting wipes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. They're not like, Hey, we need to increase that, that top line. Mm-hmm. So I imagine some people are anxious about that. Mm-hmm. They've been living or hanging out at home, doing their job or punching in. Maybe not right. really <laughs> <laughs> Not my staff, James. My right. staff is all highly professional. Yeah, all of ours. 100 percent 110 yes. some days. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is, you know, we we again it goes back to serving our clients. So mm-hmm. we want to make sure that everybody has some availability to see people in person. That means coming to one of our offices. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unless there is, you know, a, a certain person who has really demonstrated that they work super well from remote and that's how mm-hmm. their clients want to be seen and that's how they want to work, then we would make that exception. But across the board, we want to, everybody has some clients that want to be seen in person. So mm-hmm. we want to have them in. And, you know, again, it does feel good to, to be in person with your, with your teammates too, Mm -hmm. with your colleagues. Mm -hmm. There's so much, and I've just been noticing this in the last few weeks, I've been in the office a bunch and I like the people at Insight. (laughs) That's good, right? I do. I know. (laughs) I truly like them. I don't get as much work done because I'm just like chatting them up and, you know, (laughs) Hey, can I ask you this question? Or can we talk about this person? You know, so there's there's just that exchange of ideas and energy that you cannot replicate via Zoom. Totally fair. Totally fair. A thousand times over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like there's an energy between people that does mm-hmm. not necessarily flow through a camera. Yes. Yes. And like you were saying, how do you read somebody's body language when you're doing psychotherapy with them? Mm-hmm. Just, you know, and that's something that we really struggled with was like, how do we do body centered therapy? We do body therapies. Like we do, you know, the eye movement, um, therapy, EMDR, we do yoga therapy, we do sensory motor therapy, which is just really all about your nervous system and, and your body. Oh. And it took us a while to figure that out. It was not just like organic. Oh, this works perfect via zoom. No, No. Uh, and it, you know, we, we really have gotten good at it, but it's, there's just no substitute for, for being in person with somebody. All right. Speaking Mm -hmm. of which, it made me twisting that knife a little bit. Have you ever had to give therapy or have your clients or your employees, sorry, Mm -hmm. had to give therapy to a black screen where the client just either refused or, Mm-hmm. couldn't get their camera to work or something. Yes. Like yes. All yep. Right. We absolutely have done that. And it's, again, it's a challenge. It's basically like a phone session. You mm-hmm. know, you're just, just kind of, uh, it is so, it is so hard because mm-hmm. you can't read expressions, right. you know, at least, at least like this is, you know, 
synchronous in real time. You can see the faces that I'm making when we're doing Zoom. You mm-hmm. can see if I'm upset or if I you know, <laughs> had a reaction. When yeah. you're on the phone, it's like, I don't know. I just, I can, t- I can tell they're like, you know, eating chips and uh, that's, <laughs> you know, that's about it. And it's hard. It's really hard to do yeah. that. It's definitely the, not the preferred way. My wife's a teacher. And when she's teaching class over Zoom, uh, she would show me and there'd be 30 black boxes. Mm-mm. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> come How on. is that okay? How is there not just a mandatory camera thing? Yeah. And the school district was just like, everyone's uh, a delicate flower. We don't want to force them to do anything. And there were mm-hmm. times that my wife would ask a question and like zero response. So you know that these people right. signed on, walked right. away. Yep. Now they're all playing video games. Yeah. Making a snack, whatever. Well, I feel like there's going to be this wave of people that are mm-hmm. so dumb. It's just <laughs> that have not had the opportunity to get, to get as much education as they should. Yeah. They're just missing a few mm-hmm. years. Right. So you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, you're a pandemic kid. Got it. Mm-hmm. I don't, again, it'll be really interesting to see. You mm-hmm. know, that was, that was, so, it's so hard to do telehealth with kiddos, if you ask me. Oh, I because, bet. Yeah. I mean, I bet. I've just been, I've been hung up on, you know, like like, at least if you're in my office, like I got a few tricks I can kind of keep people engaged, but like Mm -hmm. when you're doing telehealth, it's, it's a challenge. So as far as percentages ballpark is more of it still telehealth or is it kind of 50, 50 or is it moving towards in-person? It's, it's still the majority is telehealth. Yeah. I'd say like 60, 40 at this point. Um, So we're getting there. And (laughs) again, you know, people have been kind of slow to, to, to come out and to, to, to be in person. And a lot of it is that, like you said, like the ease, like I, you know, I can do therapy on my, on my lunch break. I don't have to leave work and find parking and drive across town. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I can do telehealth when I'm in my car waiting for my kid's soccer game to get out or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. So it really has, you know, for, for working folks, for parents, it has made it much more accessible to, to be able to get therapy. Um, but you know, some, some people are, wanting that in-person connection mm-hmm. and, and we are doing our best to to meet those needs all it's, right yeah it's a challenge i mean people are it's been it's been <laughs> slow it's been slow all right fair mm-hmm. and have the was it medicare medicaid mm-hmm. has their the way they pay out telehealth has that changed or is that it hasn't that's thing? always been no that's always been like this you know kind of thing hanging over us was mm-hmm. like what's gonna happen you know suddenly the all the insurance companies, they were just like, yes, we approve telehealth. Here's the modifier you have to use for billing. Like, okay, that took us a while to figure out, but we got it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the threat has always been, well, you know, they'll probably pay less for telehealth because, oh. you know, the theory is there's no overhead, you know, yada, 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 mm-hmm. which is not true. No, like, we still have to have, we still have to have an office for people who want to be seen in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still have to pay for, you know, the, the telehealth platform right licenses Um, yeah 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 and you know our headphones and our speakers and our webcam all that stuff Mm -hmm. so so far there hasn't been a big like mandate or edict that that the payment is different all right there hasn't been that hey in two weeks no more telehealth or whatever oh gosh that's been the that has been my fear 
you know, I from bet. the beginning. But, you know, how do you put that genie back in the bottle? Like once it's been released, mm, you see that this works, yeah. it's improved access, mm-hmm. you know, and honestly, the, the need is just even so much greater. Our, mm-hmm. our, you know, our screeners, our wait list has, it's been very uh, intense. There's a lot of people calling for services mm-hmm. and that a lot of people want telehealth. So, all right. I don't think that there's any going back. Do you, you've had to add therapists over the past mm-hmm. couple of years. Mm-hmm. Is it tough to find? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. I'm, I, I was going to say I'm picky, but that feels like a judgment. I, there's nothing I'm, wrong with being picky about a good employee. <laughs> that's okay to have a high bar. Yes, we do have a high bar. It's very, it's crucial that people really fit in with our team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our, our mission is service. We want to serve people. That's why, you know, we are a private practice. We, we take all these, you know, commercial insurances, but we also serve Medicaid consumers, folks in this county program who may have limited access. So, mm-hmm. you know, we really are, we try to pride ourselves on serving as many people as we can. And the, you know, the staff, the team, it, we're all on the same page, you know, and right. that, has, that has to be, it has to be the right fit. So mm-hmm. I, you know, in the last six months I have been looking and interviewing a lot of people. And if they're not, if, if they don't, you know, light my soul on fire, then <laughs> next. All right. <laughs> so I just interviewed someone that has a massage therapy clinic. Yeah. And when she hires someone, uh, one of the things, like after they pass, they jump through some hoops and they pass those, um, she gets a massage from them. Mm-hmm. So in the case of this, do you end up having you or one of your crew go through a therapy session with a new potential therapist or how do you that know? That sounds so cringy. No, we don't <laughs> I'm asking, I, mean, maybe, I don't even know how you could right? possibly I mean, answer, that's, but so. well, I have heard, you know, I've heard, um, other hiring processes where people like have to demonstrate a skill or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, for us, it's really, you know, I, I can pretty much tell right away when I see somebody, when I meet somebody, you know, there's so much of just the interpersonal, um, presence that mm. is crucial. So, you know, do they, we do a lot of our interviews via telehealth just because it is. I was just going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's convenient. We've done some in person in the last year, but just with schedules, you know, like sure. I can, sque- I could squeeze somebody in between a couple sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, so do they show up on screen and are they framed appropriately? Are they, do you know, do they look open, welcoming? Do, are they able to, you know, make eye contact, have a lot of um, expressions to their face? Do they, are they curious? Do they ask good questions? And then of course, you know, we always ask about cultural humility, um, ethics, organizational skills, you know, documentation, because a lot of our job is just like, you know, busy work, paperwork. That's (laughs) crucial, very crucial to stay compliant with our licensure and all of our certifications. But, you know, we need people who can write notes on deadline and Mm -hmm. communicate really well. And you can tell that. And I feel like you can really tell that in their email communication and in their, in their um, presence in the, in their interviews. You -hmm. mentioned cultural humility, and I wasn't Mm -hmm. sure if there's a comma between those two. Nope. 
No. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me about that? Cultural humility, for yeah. sure. And that's a, that's a lifelong process for us as, as um, human services providers. So okay. this is our ability to, you know, recognize that we're going to be serving people who are not like us. Okay. So can we recognize our own implicit biases? I am a white cisgendered female with privilege. I have had access to education and I need to be able to acknowledge that and be aware of it as I'm serving people who don't look like me. Okay. All right. Is that, I mean, I imagine, I mean, we talk about differences between people. That's a never ending list. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. We're constantly growing. You know, we, we um, serve a lot of LGBTQ community and there's that acronym changes and you know we're oh my gosh in... so much right right so and much so <laughs> i just we... had a conversation with someone that um oh my gosh how did it go i should remember this so i apologize but it was something like somebody came out of the closet whatever and they said they were x whatever it was i don't know the nomenclature and a circle of their friends got mad at them because they used the wrong nomenclature mm -hmm. and it was just one of those like oh my gosh i think people are just getting mad to get mad well, no and it's, it, it's always evolving and that's where we have to, I, I don't expect myself to always know, but I have to be curious to find out Okay, if that makes sense. So that's what cultural humility is. All right. Is Tell me about the humility portion though. I guess that's the. Well, culturally humble. So just being very humble in the experience Got it. Okay. so that I understand, so that like, I'm not uh, perpetuating white supremacy and patriarchy. Okay. Didn't, th didn't think you'd get into that today, did you? No, <laughs> no. You know, it's so funny that you say that. I don't, I mean, maybe we'll go down a road that's not ideal for me. Um, I'm just a white man. Um, but it's one of those, my wife and I have this conversation probably more than we should. But to me, I'm like, why does it matter? Mm. Like, is, is it relevant for the specific thing that we're talking about? So, and it's interesting because we, uh, back when interest rates got dirt low, we refinance our house. And there's a question on there about race on little form you fill out for the bank. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, from my perspective, there's no reason for that question to even be on that form. No mm -hmm. reason. Because mm -hmm. you could argue like, hey, uh, we want to look at stats and just make sure that everyone's getting a fair shake. But if I was, I don't know, insert minority here, I would feel like, why are you asking that question? Mm -hmm. And as a white guy, I was like, why are you asking that question? I want to be like unknown or something mm -hmm. like that. It's just a weird, that. like, that's not relevant at all to mm -hmm. refinancing a house. Or it shouldn't be relevant. Mm -hmm. And also, I mean, you are speaking from a place of privilege because you're a homeowner. You have resources to refinance a house. So sure. that's that's where the humility comes in is to really kind of just check in that, um, especially when you're as a business owner, you know, considering that, yes, with the services I provide as a therapist, but also with, with staff and with team, the team, right. I want to make sure I'm not surrounding myself with just a bunch of people who look just like me. Got so, okay. so, and yes, the race thing, the, the question is, is frustrating in those situations, but I do think societally we're still there. Cause we, you know, when we do background checks, I'm sure you do that. We always, you have to check a box, right. That's mm -hmm. like, yes, we're gathering data. What are we doing with that data? Great question. Not sure. Sure. It's well, it's what you can do with it versus what, um, uh, what you want to do with it, I mm -hmm. guess, as far as that goes. 
Like I want to ask my employees if they'll, when I'm hiring them, right. If they'll show up to work or if they have anything that would prevent them to show up to work. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's a lot of ways to ask that question that you can't ask. Of course. Which is challenge. I want to just be like, are you a mess? (laughs) Or you feel like that's, yeah, that's not a great question to ask. No, (laughs) no. When I feel like I probably could have made some better hires in the past. That's if really what it's. That question yeah, like, I know. Oh, yeah, it is. You know, that's something uh, that could be a whole other podcast too. Is, yeah, right. you know, <laughs> making good hires. Oh my cru- gosh, it's crucial. Yeah, and remotely. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially I imagine when you you mentioned interviewing remotely, which is, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I totally understand, but I imagine that's a challenge. Just I suppose, like we're talking with a therapist, um, client when it's employer versus potential employee versus wrong word. Um, I don't know what to say there, mm-hmm. but it's, you're still, you're not seeing the whole body language. You're seeing mm-hmm. a very small window into their world mm-hmm. and trying to make a judgment on like, is this a good hire or not? Right. Right. So, and then you, you know, you rely on, on reference checks and, mm-hmm. you know, resume and, and, you know, all that stuff. And it is luckily Madison is a pretty small town and, you know, uh, people tend to come to insight because they know somebody else who works there and likes it, you know? Oh, so nice. Then, yeah. Well, oh, so you get referrals for employees. We do. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. That's incredible. It is. Yeah. It is pretty great. And that's, that's how I like it. <laughs> All right. You know, you've done the whole indeed thing, right? Where you put it out there and you oh my gosh, you roll the dice, right? And we've gotten yeah. a couple of good hires on indeed. I will say I've gotten some I'm very blessed. Done, but I've, yeah, overall I'd say I've done well. I wouldn't call it the cheapest thing in the world. Mm-mm. But it it's, has it takes a lot of time. A little bit. I bet. We, we well, we have indeed has their tests, which is one of the reasons that I like indeed. Yeah. So we have a customer service test as an example of one of the very low barriers to entry to get an interview and we have i would say easily easily 75 percent of the people that apply and take that test fail that test really? not that they got a b i mean like they got a d huh. a d or lower and yeah. this the customer service questions are something like i took it just to make sure like hey what i'm asking people to do can i do yeah um, and the questions are like, you work at a retail store, you're at the front counter, somebody walks in the store, what do you do, right? A, B, C, or D, right? Do you run to the back room and hide? Do you keep looking at your phone? Do you ask <laughs> how their day is going? Or do you ask if you can help them? How's your day going? Help them and get out from behind your desk. Wow. It's one of those, like, it's pretty <laughs> obvious what the answer that they want, right? Yeah, it doesn't, see, it doesn't feel like a real tricky test. People are failing it. Wow, like, I kind of want to take it now. Brutally. Well, I'll post an ad for you. you yeah, right. Exactly. I'll apply. Yeah. Huh. It was, it's interesting. Cause then from my point of view of like, oh my God, is this, I feel like the number of people, cause we get a lot of applicants, the number of people applying, is that a good test of society as a whole? Or is that mm-hmm. this chunk of society that's looking for a job right now? Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's millions of jobs out there and maybe like 10 people looking for work. Right. So it's interesting because I'm like, I know why you're looking for a job because mm. you are so bad at customer service. You've lost a few jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People are like, no way. We'll live without another employee. 
over hiring yeah. you and risking whatever fallout you'll have. Well, and that's, yeah, that's what you learn, right? It is, it, it really boils down to making good hires to mm-hmm. prevent headaches in the future. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about growth. We don't have a ton of time left, but let's talk sure. about growth the next, yeah. um, I don't want to go too far in the future. Let's say two, three years. Yeah. Um, yep. do you expect to double again? Oh, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not at all. Cannot manage that. Um, right. I, so I think, you know, probably we'll cap, I'd like to say we'll cap at like 45 people. Eventually right. we're not quite there sure. um, because the need is so great mm-hmm. we've just seen an uptick in people calling and we have a lot of people on our wait list and we are, we are working diligently to get them services because, you know, I, I want my community to, to get the help they need. I like, I want my community to be healthy and, right. you know, yeah, balanced. So, um, I think we'll grow a little bit, but we have, you know, we, we have a new building on the East side. That's just been a wonderful, um, wonderful new home for us. And that nice. feels, yeah, it feels really good. I really like it. Everything's new and shiny and, and happy and, and great. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I loved our old offices. They had tons of character, but you know, the roof would leak and you know, the, the, that's whole, the, one fire, that the whole fire thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a kind of a tinderbox. Um, they're wonderful old buildings with tons of character. And I actually do miss that a lot. And I miss the folks that were in those buildings, but mm-hmm. you know, we've, you know, onward and upward, we've got a nice new space and we have a, a new clinic in Verona in a very old house actually that we've been renovating to turn into a clinic. So nice. we're, yeah. Yeah. So we, we want to get that really, um, you know, bolstered and get, we've actually just made a couple hires for there. And very cool. Being able to serve that community is really exciting mm-hmm. and to reach people on the West side. Um, but again, you know, we see people all over, you know, really all over the state now with telehealth. Um, all right. So we'd, we'd have to keep, obviously we're all licensed in Wisconsin. So we have to continue to just see people. I was just going to ask what the limitation there is. I was <laughs> yeah, certain that there's limitation. There sure are. <laughs> Our client has to be in the state of Wisconsin. Um, Got it. Okay. If we're, if we're only licensed in this state, which most of us aren't all right. just licensed here. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, cool. Yeah. 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 It's exciting. We've got a little yoga studio we're hoping to grow too. And that's just a compliment to the therapies. All we're right. Doing, we're doing aerial yoga, which is a very unique thing. Um, aerial like air? Strange. In a, <laughs> it's, it's like a hammock. So it's like, you All know, right. if you're in a hammock, you know, at your, at your lake house, you know, James, I'm sure you've got one of those, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're in a hammock, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's hooked to the ceiling and we do yoga f- with that as a prop, as a tool to support. Um, it's not circus arts. It's very much yoga based All right. and we have that on our, at our East side clinic and we're, we're building it and really excited about it and, and just kind of having a lot of fun with nice that. when does that open it has been open we we opened um in the fall and oh wow okay yeah we've got classes we have classes every weekday um that the aerial yoga come. stuff we have well we have aerial twice a week and then we just have other um mat classes i teach just regular mat classes restorative gentle flow that sort of stuff that it's open to anybody you don't have to be a, a, cl- a client of insight you can come right. and take yoga classes so that's part of that that integrated cl- you know clinic philosophy that we have that it's not yeah. just about you know sometimes you can't just talk about your feelings sometimes you have to actually be in your body <laughs> gotta be in your body have a relationship with it right and we we, we offer 
offer that as that compliment. Very cool. Very cool. So before we close here, is there Mm -hmm. anything, I guess, if you were to just tell the world something to help them out in this facet, I guess, is there any advice, Mm -hmm. quote, super awesome, magical geniisms that you would send to the world? Well, you know, it's pretty cheesy, but it's really all about getting to know yourself and being comfortable with yourself. And, you know, I'm not saying be yourself, but (laughs) doing the work of, of introspection. I think if, if you can spend some time, you know, whether it's, you know, exercising, doing yoga, being with family, playing your instrument, whatever, you know, I'll let you feel where you feel like a sense of, of wholeness, do more of that, do more of that, you know, get, get off the Facebooks and (laughs) (laughs) and really engage, engage in your life. And I know that sounds really like kind of cheesy and simplistic, but you know, that is usually the best advice though, right? I feel like, yeah, I feel like people are missing that. You know, people are anxious. They're reading the news constantly. They're comparing themselves to others on social media. And, you know, we're losing that, that connection with self, and the more that you can do that for, you know, for some people, maybe it's not journaling or meditating for, for some of us that really works well. Mm-hmm. Like I said, maybe it's playing your guitar in your basement, whatever it is. Just sure. Do more of that. I like it. Love it. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks. You. <laughs> thanks, Jeannie. I appreciate you being on the show. Yeah. Thanks, James. It's been great. This is cool. Can you tell us where people can find you both um, sure. your offices, office location, as yeah. well as website or just a way to get a hold of you? Sure, absolutely. So we're at insightmadison.com and we have our maps to our offices there and, and uh, you know, screening forms and all that good stuff. We're located on the east side at 1943 Winnebago. It's a brand new building. It's lovely. And then our, our Verona branch office is at 324 South Main Street, kind of right next to Miller's and the bike path there in Verona. Oh, sure. If you're familiar with it. Big old Victorian house that that's now our little therapy home. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So in Winnebago, that's a brand new building. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right across We're from the, by some older the stuff bank. There. Yes. Yeah. We, we basically just moved around the corner. Like I just, ca- I carried lamps and furniture and boxes <laughs> of books around the corner. People would just stop and stare like, what is that person doing? But you know, we moved around the corner and it's been like wonderful. Steve Martin so from the jerk, right? <laughs> right. All I need is this chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny yeah cool cool thank you Jeannie. yeah thanks james this has been authentic business adventures the business program that brings you the struggle stories and triumphant successes uh struggle stories triumphant successes sure business owners across the land we're locally underwritten by the bank of sun prairie i still this just imagining you just walking down the sidewalk with a chair and a lamp just like, oh Screw so you guys. many I'm lamps home. yeah <laughs> If you're listening to this on the web, if you could do us a huge favor, give it the big old thumbs up, subscribe, and of course, comment and let us know how has that pandemic treated you, good or bad, you know, whatever. It's all good. My name is James Kiedemann and Authentic Business Adventures is brought to you by Calls on Call, offering call answering and receptionist services for service businesses across the country on the web at callsoncall.com. And of course, the Bold Business Book, a book for the entrepreneur and all of us, available wherever fine books are sold. We'd like to thank you, our wonderful listeners, as well as our guest, Jeannie Kolker, the owner of Insight Counseling and Wellness. Jeannie, can you tell us your website one more time? Yep, it's insightmadison.com. 
Excellent. InsightMadison.com. That couldn't be any easier. Nope. I-N-S-I-G-H-T. Perfect. <laughs> Past episodes can be found morning, noon, and night. The podcast link found at DrawInCustomers.com. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week. I want you to stay awesome. And if you do nothing else, enjoy your business. Thank you.